Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Birkbeck Futures podcast from your careers, enterprise and employability team here at Birkbeck University. I'm Lucy Robinson, your employability consultant for business and enterprise. In this new series of the podcast, we'll be chatting with top UK entrepreneurs and industry leaders about UK business, startups and self-employment. In this episode on Urban MBA and adapting to technical change, I'm delighted to welcome Kofi Opong, founder and CEO of Urban MBA. Welcome, Kofi. Thank you very much, Lucy, for having me. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, so, yeah, I mean, where, where do I start? So, I uh, um, very interesting um, early on life. Um, at the age of um, 17, um, I have first-generation African Ghanaian parents, and um, anybody who comes from the BME background uh, with that sort of um, with those sort of parents, you know that if you're not a doctor, a solicitor or one an engineer you're usually classed as a failure and um i'd left got to the end of school uh, i left school and i didn't really want to go back into further education um so me and my dad spent a whole summer fighting about what i was um sort of got to do um and at that time as well the big influence for us at that age was hip-hop because it was having a big influence globally um, and Salt and Pepper and Big Daddy Kane, who are my two uh, favorite artists at the time, uh, had come uh, to do a concert and I decided that I needed to go with my friends and my dad said that I couldn't go. Um, I defied him, went, came back and he locked me out of the house uh, when I sort of uh, came home. Um, uh, I then slept in a local park bench and I sort of uh, got back home at 6 a.m. because I knew somebody would be up. But unfortunately, when I got there, my dad had already beaten me to the punch and got up and taken all my clothes and put two black bin liners of clothes outside of the house. So I was sort of kicked out of house and home. Um, I then spent a, a, a period where I lived in my friend's car, got in a bit of trouble with the police. And I wish uh, struggling from time, so I'll shorten it. Got in a bit of trouble with the police and um, ended up um, being arrested. And I realized that this wasn't sort of the life uh, for me. Um, so I... Uh, ended up uh, getting a job in the sports retail industry because I was a mad thing for me about sport and playing football. So uh, I couldn't do anything right, but I could play football and it taught me a lot of life skills. But at the same time, it was all when trainers were kicking off like Nike Air, uh, Reebok Pump, LA Gear Lights, all of those things. And I was fascinated with technology in order to help me improve my performance at sport. That led me to get a job at JD Sports in Oxford Street. Um, uh, I then became one of the uh, senior managers. And then in 1998, um, I joined Nike and opened Nike Town. Um, and I became the product and marketing manager of the store. So quite a checkered journey. Um, but uh, I realized that a lot of things along the way uh, changed a lot, uh, became a lot more disciplined, but also worked, on, worked out that a lot of things happened based around trends. And that was my early life. So uh, being part of Nike completely changed me because we went from um, being a, a sports retailer in the UK with JD, where everything in the stocking was held up by brown tape and uh, people would, um, uh, it was all, there was no rules really. And then you obviously go into a big corporate environment like Nike, where everything was a global business. And I learned a hell of a lot around that time period. I then left Nike in um, 2008. And I went on to create my first social business, um, which was a sports shop that I then wrote a 10 week training program that got 70 people into full time employment and um, which led on to be founding Urban MBA. It's an honestly amazing story. And when we've spoken about it before, it's really 
um, amazing for me, you know, and for anyone who's listening really to see how your passions, you know, from, from music, from culture, from fashion have led, you know, all into these life lessons that have led you to start Urban MBA. So tell us a little bit about Urban MBA and what makes it different to other programs that might be similar. Okay, so I think um, what I've noticed now, and um, in particular, uh, the schooling system is uh, can sometimes be a bit of a challenge. So what we're finding at the moment is um, young people are not engaging in the same way I really didn't engage with school. I found it uh, quite um, uh, difficult and a challenge. And um, young people now have what we've called uh, McKinsey did a report called an eight second filter and it's shortening all the time and this is about their attention spans and uh, to give you a great example TikTok the new social media platform mm -hmm. the videos are so so short these young people are learning in a very very different way and it makes it very hard for them to sit at school and just learn the subject matters that they used to in the style that it used to be as well. So when we've developed Urban Embry, we've looked at what's the best way to deal with Gen Z and the millennials knowing that they have this. So first and foremost, I learned everything through storytelling. It was much better for me. If you told me a story, I could engage. Um, and I don't feel that the education system takes that into consideration enough. So any subject matter that we do, we tell a story. So goal setting, as an example, the story around that is around the matrix. Um, it's about learning something very unique. Um, the subconscious mind is not something that we talk about. And the matrix is used as a metaphor to describe that, to get them engaged. We then use uh, video footage because people have different styles of learning. And it took, um, again, the education system maybe, what, 100 years to learn about dyslexia. So many of the top entrepreneurs that you may speak about in these podcasts will tell you that they had lots of learning difficulties and actually developed a lot of their skills outside of school. Um, yeah. So we feel that video footage is very key as an additional style of learning. And that's what the tech world called blended learning. And as you would know, so we use blended learning techniques and that. We then get them to, we then give them a life skill associated with what they've been taught and a vocational skill as well to embed the learning so they really get it and they understand. And then to top it all off, we use uh, meta sports metaphors, real life metaphors and popular culture to then make sure it's relevant for this community. And what kind of um, participants and attendees do you tend to take on for Urban MBA? Well, they, they vary um, from um, 18 up to, uh, and there's no age limit at the moment. So I'll, I'll say to you that the, one of the, the, the last courses, the woman that won was a 44-year-old lady with three kids who had an idea for um, uh, chaga mushrooms, which I didn't know anything about. Um, but they're a mushroom that's only grown in Russia that has massive elixir properties. And um, she beat some of the younger people. We're finding more and more that more people are being made redundant. I think you've brought that point up at the beginning. Uh, even in this COVID-19 scenario, um, many of those people that are taking furlough, will they be hired back again? It's going to be a very difficult time. So people are looking for that. And then I had a very unique situation where a parent who had a, a child that was uh, put in a PRU, which is a pupil referral unit, he wasn't engaged in any courses whatsoever. And at 16, she asked me to um, take him on the course, which he did. And he, that is the only course he's ever finished in his life. He is wow. currently now, yeah, and it just, because the course skills are transferable, he's currently now doing an apprenticeship with Chas Perger on building, etc. But he needed that understanding through entrepreneurship before he could go and do that because it then made sense to him what he was doing. 
So when we're thinking about enterprise skills that you learn in programmes like MBA, um, we're finding that they're not necessarily just applicable for an enterprise career. They're applicable, as you say, for, for life skills and employability skills in general, would you say? Absolutely. And uh, we have a Dragon's Den pitch at the end of the course where they pitch for um, startup funding for any idea that they have. Uh, the top three will get. But what's really interesting about the pitch is it then gets them to be able to tell stories and more importantly, talk about themselves, because the hardest thing for most people is actually to talk about you. And I used to, in interview sessions, say to somebody, tell me a bit about you. And when you're telling a young person who's had a challenging background, it's like a police question to them. They used to get really aggressive to you because it'd be like, well, what do you want to know about me? Um, and so doing a Dragon's Den pitch, they have to learn to tell stories talk about themselves because they learn in that that the most important thing that a, a person in a pitch is learning is about themselves not necessarily about their business and so what you find is those skills that they learn in the pitch means they're stronger doing interviews if they have to go into employability because they get that understanding of giving that information very quickly in a short sense of time and also about themselves and feel much more comfortable in doing that as well as the interview skills and the pitching skills, I imagine it's a really big self-esteem and self-empowerment boost for a lot of these participants as well. Yes, and uh, you know, we've also also found that most people want to know a lot about themselves. The one thing the schooling system doesn't teach you is about you, and you find that what they are people are looking for is, you know, where am I going? What is it about me? How do I become unique? And that's why I say we've got to give them those life skills about what's happening. So a lot of the, the, the community, the needs that we take, which are not in employment, education and training, especially in the tech se sector, there are no role models in these areas that they can look to and say, that's why I need to get there. So interestingly, me being one of the tutors, a lot of them um, really approached me as a mentor to say, well, you've done it at Nike. What was it? that um, allowed you to get to where you wanted to and I, you know there's there's no fast and hard rules all I learned really there is that actually they needed me as much as I needed them I'm the guy on the street that was telling them what's happening locally I was telling them what the local market what was trending what was popping in a sense and I'm like you guys have all got your own unique skill you don't know what your value and worth is and that changes their mindset quite a lot yeah I can imagine um, I know that one big thing you focus on quite a lot in Urban MBA and also in your public speaking is social change and technological change. Is that right? It's, uh, it's the most important factor uh, for me. And, um, and using my career to explain this very quickly is had sport had become professional in the 80s, that led to the big boom of technology in trainers and Nike who sell 50% of the product in the world, uh, created this air unit that became the big thing. It was technology even at that time period that drove that sector. And it's very different now in terms of uh, what you're looking at. Um, and then all these sectors always, uh, again, are driven by technology that open up new areas. So right now we're about to go into 5G which will change even the way that your podcast will be done in a year's time, potentially, <laughs> because it might be virtual reality by that time with the power of what will happen here. Um, and uh, 3D printing as another example. 
And what's happening a lot of the times with people um, from the, the BME community is they focus still on the same stuff that's been going with just music um, and all of those areas. And that is not the same as it was maybe 15 years ago. It's much harder to make music and make money out of it than it was 15 years ago. You get £3 a CD, now you get, what, 10, 15 cents per stream. And you have to get so much stream, streams in order to make that. But what they're not showing, and even if you're teaching entrepreneurship, one of the big things that we've found is that teaching entrepreneurship without giving them the understanding of the new tech doesn't help them to be able to be entrepreneurs. So what you've got to do is get into the trend and the cycle early enough, because if you look at all these sectors that have changed and even mobile technology to where we are now, when I had mobiles, there wasn't even texting. <laughs> and now <laughs> we're doing podcasts and we can do it through our mobile and actually with 5G and the new mobile phones that are about to come from, from the likes of Samsung, you can actually video record everything at top top level now and the changes are going to be phenomenal so it is very important for them to have exposure to new technology and where that is going because that's how they um, stop being disadvantaged and get out of poverty in a sense whereas if you're always trying to do an idea from 10 or 15 years ago it's a saturated market and it's much much more difficult in order to break through um, and so that's what we need to do but as well as that the second part of it is to get some role models in these tech sectors because there's only 10 or 12 percent of the BAMEs in the, the biggest growing sector in the UK which is the technology sector. Wow so what do all these technological advancements mean for not only for uh, entrepreneurship but also traditional job roles um well ceo from ibm talked about the fact that ai artificial intelligence is going to change 100 percent of job roles for the future and um this has been predicted all across the board and it's 100 percent correct every most jobs that we know can be done by others by others and will reduce traditional job roles and creativity is going to become a bigger part of it. So if we just look at a, a simple thing like shopping and Amazon have created Amazon Go and anybody who hasn't had a chance to look, it's a completely automated store that has no staff at all. Um, so traditionally a supermarket would open and they'd have a hundred members of staff across the weekend, full time, etc. But in this case of Amazon Go, uh, it had four or five members of staff and literally you go in using your phone to scan you pick up whatever you want you put in your in your basket and you walk out and it charges your phone that reduces 95 percent of those jobs that are in in there and that is going to continue to happen across all different sectors so actually it's very important for you to understand what so as an example with 3d printing what's happening with that is that it's not 3D printing that they mean they're struggling to get people who can code 3D printers. So that's the new job opportunity that will come along. Um, but unfortunately, if you're not exposed to this technology or understand it, how are you going to be able to get involved with, with it for the future? So every single job role traditionally will change, even with self-drive cars, it will change transport. Um, as I've mentioned, 3D. And the, the other really, really challenging thing um, is around data. Data took over as a trillion dollar business, it's overtaken the oil business for money. 
So big data and anybody who hasn't watched uh, a, a, pro, a film called the, the Great Hack, please go and do so because it will give you a great example of how they're using data to manipulate the economy. Um, and uh, and what we're doing for the future. So it's very, very important that young people have a creative mind, understand where these areas are going, because if you have a seven-year-old in school at the moment, the jobs that they're going to be doing haven't been invented yet, and nobody actually knows what they're going to do. Gosh. Um, so I guess the kind of million-dollar question for all our budding entrepreneurs who are listening is, how can entrepreneurs not only adapt to all these on these technological changes, but also utilize them to advance their business goals? Well, I think you you should always look at the uh, four or five that are predicted to be the next growth. So even training, as an example, where we're in at the moment, the online training platforms uh, due to uh, quadruple, and it's going to be a two hundred and thirty million dollar business by 2025 and that's because people are doing more online learning and self-learning YouTube have changed the way that people even learn on, on a regular basis so what they've got to do is study what are the next areas in terms of technology and I've sort of given you examples of some 3d printing 5g what's going to happen with that uh, big data self-drive cars all of these things which are coming along they need to be immersed in what's happening with them and what's the growth growth area and then get involved with understanding what that's going to change from my perspective 3d printing is probably the biggest one and will change absolutely every single industry in the world um, because they're talking about building houses now for uh 4k four thousand pounds i mean that's 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 absolutely bizarre but they're talking about what 3d printing will be able to do and they've just recently started doing food um, so, yeah, plant food is being 3D printed now. So, wow. <laughs> if you have a look at it, so it's not just even in surgeries or doctors, etc., that is going to change because right now, as well, they're, they're, where you have a problem where you're having a, a heart transplant or anything like that, it has to be compatible with you. They're built 3D printing this stuff now, which won't have those issues going forward. Um, and in the future, will Amazon just be telling you maybe the schematic to plug into your 3D printer for your toy? You know, that's how you've got to consider it. You know, Amazon sells product at the moment, but will the product be just a code now that you then put into your home 3D printer that potentially prints whatever you want to buy for you? Because naturally, you're going to be able to do that when it gets into home like a microwave did 15, 20 years ago. You know, my parents said we will never use a microwave ever. Within 18 <laughs> months, they had to, they had to have one in their house because it just made life easier. So you've got to consider what the changes these new technologies are going to do, and you need to be in it early enough to be able to then do that. And also, if you, even if you have a business idea now, had Amazon, and to give you a final example of this, not transitioned their business from being a bookstore to being an online store, they wouldn't have existed existed now in the same way HMV did not transition from having the stores that they did for music to online and they no longer exist and neither do Blockbuster for the same reason who should have been Netflix. It's really interesting to see how all these huge names that we know from the past 10 or 15 years like Blockbuster and HMV are just completely dead now they're just dead names so I guess kind of what you're saying is you don't necessarily have to see 
where the curve is now, where the trend is now. You have to see where it's going. That's where the golden potential is. Yes, and you'll find that a lot of these companies were stuck completely on their idea and didn't want to change. What's proven now in the last 10 or 15 years is not changing will mean you won't exist. So if you have a small business, all of these things will affect your small business in the same way. You have to see where it's going and what you do. I mean, people are ordering food now from McDonald's. I mean, in the years growing up, I would have never done that. But you now have Deliveroo. And the way that people are now even ordering food is so, so different and bizarre that something of that nature is now completely changed because of the way that these other organizations have been able to come in and now can offer these services because of online and what it's done uh, for us in terms of changing what we do. Absolutely. So not only having to see where things are going, but having the courage to be flexible and maybe depart from your original idea if, it's, if it looks like it's becoming obsolete. Yes, and uh, every single area. And, and what you're seeing is also a monopoly in these areas. So you've got um, examples of this, uh, like Google are buying AI companies because they know what the next level is going to be. So they're buying our Facebook very quickly started buying WhatsApp, etc. And no doubt if TikTok keeps growing the way that it does, we'll want to in, in, take all of those. But as we now go forward with something like 5G, virtual reality becomes a much more presentable option in the future when you're watching your World Cup football uh, with your group of friends. Uh, will that be a, a virtual screen? And will you be seeing the game in live 3D in your back garden or your front room? You have to consider all of these types of things because if you don't, when it hits you, you'll think, oh my God, where was I? So the changes are always very interesting, but more importantly, you need to have that in the back of your mind and how will it impact your business and or how you integrate your business into those new technologies in order to. Uh, and that's what creativity will be as we go forward. Absolutely. Um, well, I think that's about uh, all the time we have today. Um, even I'm sure we could sit talking about this all day and who's going to be what monopoly um, but thank you so much Kofi for being here and sharing your insights with us if our listeners want to find out more about your journey and more about Urban MBA where can they find out about that okay so yeah you can uh, we have a website urbanmba.co.uk uh, we also are on Instagram and all the other social media platforms like Twitter etc we run regular courses per quarter uh, they vary from six weeks short startup enterprise courses and 12 weeks enterprise courses as well and they're very short they're four hours per, per day one day per week and it gives you time to then do this but we give you the opportunity to think about all of these types of things and to actually develop the business idea although you don't need one to come onto the course because we will be showing you what are the things for the future and how you get involved in them as also Lovely. Thank you, Kofi. So I really encourage everyone to go online and find out more about Urban MBA. Um, but for now, thank you all for listening to these episodes of this episode of the Birkbeck Futures podcast. You can find out about our services and how to contact us at bbk.ac.uk slash futures. Join us next time for more content and advice on UK startups and enterprise. Bye for now.